Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What is going on, Raider Nation? Micah here, along with my partner in crime, Tyler, bringing you another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Tyler, we've been away too long, and most of that has been my fault, yes, man. Yes, we but have. How have you been, man? How are you doing? Well, I'm uh, going to be in the same situation you were very soon here, so uh, <laughs> I- I've been doing well. We're we're nesting. We're getting things ready for a new child and uh, trying to get adjusted to a new job new surroundings so yes it's been a very busy time in my life as is yours and congratulations by the way i would be remiss if i did not say welcome to mr crockett thank you man i appreciate that we're we're excited over here little baby boy crockett crockett ashton middle name ashton and uh uh, we're jacked, but Raider Nation, that's why I've been away for so long. Tyler has been trying to get after me to podcast, and I actually just moved into a new house, and then literally like a week later, Crockett decides to come a week early, so we have just been helter-skelter the last couple of weeks. But we're back in the saddle now. We're settled down. In fact, Tyler, man, we just had some fantastic football on yesterday. Yes, first, we did. First Saturday of college ball, our Boise State Broncos Went down into Jacksonville. Was going to be in Tallahassee. A home quote, game. Quote unquote neutral game. Got moved to the home game of the Seminoles. Man, Boise State showed up to play four quarters. And that was, if, you, if anybody saw that game or had a chance to see it, or you didn't, you need to go back and watch it because I tell you what, it was one for the books. Pretty proud. Yes, it was. Pretty proud you know, of our Boise boys. I don't know that Boise State showed up for four quarters. Like, they showed up for, like, three. Like, the first quarter was just garbage. So, well, I, gotta, I was I, worried. I was really worried. And, and I know Micah, as a stalwart fan, had no doubts. He had no doubts in his mind that Boise State was coming back. But I guess I am more of a fair-weather fan, and I'm like, it's they put up 21 points in the first quarter, and it's like it's they're on pace for 84 points there's no coming back from that so. I, I i agree with you in one point as far as the the defense the defense showed up for about two and a half quarters for boise yes. state the first quarter and a half they were they it was bad it was i mean it was you could see no the couldn't tackle couldn't tackle like, they, like it was just atrocious it's like they never played ball up. Right. I do have to say, though, the offense was humming from the drive one. It was just, we would drive down the field, then fumble the ball. We'd drive down yep. the field, then, a, then you know, we get a holding penalty, and the next thing you know, you know, the drive would stall. I, I mean, in, 
120 rushing yards in the first half. So the offense was doing something. I would give them credit there. Plus, we started the young freshman Hank Bachmeyer, who Tyler who is drawing rave oh, reviews. It, this dude is a stud. And I Raiders don't know, in three years. Oh, oh my gosh, this guy! This guy! I, this guy looked like a senior out there playing football. He was very barking, poised. Barking orders. This dude took a pummeling from that Florida State defense too, and kept getting back up. There wasn't a drive that he did not get hit. Or sacked, at least. Uh, there, I don't think there was a single drive that he didn't at nope. least take a hit at the end of a throw. Even got launched at, took his helmet off, and there was no flag. Um, I don't know if you saw that play, Tyler. I didn't. But, I saw the one where he got his helmet knocked off, and they did call a flag. No, and they did they, call roughing the passer. You know, I don't think the helmet fell off, but the, the Florida State player literally launched. The, the very essence of the targeting rule, literally launched ah. himself after the throw, and no flag was thrown. It was Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I did watch the whole game, so I'll have to go back and yes, look for that play. It was ridiculous. But anywho, we're done with the Boise we, State talk. We did have cut downs yesterday. We have a 53-man roster. Yes, yes. In bigger news for Raider Nation, we're dude, it's we're there. And we've got some surprise names that got cut. I'm sure most of Raider Nation knows. We're going to run through that, though, and give our thoughts on that. Before we do, though, we've got a fantastic interview with Anthony from the Fresno Bee, a writer down there who also had boots on the ground during the offseason for the Raiders at training camp. We were super excited to get him on the show, pick his brain, have him give us his thoughts on what he saw while we were while he was down there. <laughs> we weren't down there, or else we'd have given you our thoughts uh, yeah, nonstop. Live updates. <laughs> but man, I'm excited to get to this interview. Tyler, should we just should we just get right into it? Let's hop into it. Yeah, let's go, man. All right, Anthony Galavis from the Fresno Bee. Nation, welcome to another edition of Behind the iPads podcast. We are pleased to have with us this evening Anthony Galaviz from the Fresno Bee. Uh, he covers the Raiders and Fresno State football, amongst others, which is interesting because, as many of our listeners know, Micah and I are staunch Boise State fans. So we may uh, get into some talk of Fresno. State and Boise State this evening, but Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on, and uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us how we can find you on social media, and uh, then we'll fire away with some questions. Yeah, uh, again, I introduced myself already. Again, my name is Anthony Gallery from Fresno Beach, cover the Raiders, among other, uh, other sports. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, agallery underscore the B. Uh, shoot, we're trying to draw a blank here. Facebook, uh, Anthony Yalaviz, the B. Uh, I put up a, lot, a whole bunch of stuff like I do on Twitter or on Facebook. I do have an Instagram, but I'm drawing a blank as far as my screen name, believe <laughs> or not. So, <laughs> put him on the uh, spot. But the main thing is Twitter, A Yalaviz underscore the B. Awesome. Very good, very good. And he is a great follow, Raider Nation. If you're not already following him, Go out, give the man a follow. Uh, 
he he interacts really well, and he's been very gracious to uh, come on our show this evening and, and answer some questions about. I'm sure training camp will pop up. I don't know. Maybe Antonio Brown's new helmet will pop up, and and we've got we've got some good questions. So I'm going to go ahead and let Micah fire the first one, and then we'll just get rolling from there. All right. All right. Anthony, here's here's my biggest one. Right off the top of my head, there's always, it seems like, one player every year that seems to get a bunch of hype during training camp, during the off season. Raider Nation seems to get super excited about this guy. Then the regular season comes on, and it just seems like everything kind of dies or fades away, or he's just an average player. The guy that pops to my mind right now is our tight end, Darren Waller. And I, there's a lot of hype for this guy coming out of training camp. I've seen some of the plays in preseason, not a ton of production as far as, you know, it's not, you know, nothing flashy, nothing jumping off the page that way as far as in our first three preseason games. But what can you tell us about this guy? Is this guy the real deal? Is, there, is this guy worth hyping right now in the off, during the off season? Well, obviously, in a preseason, like you said, yeah, you haven't seen much of him this year, or in a preseason, excuse me. Uh, and you could say the same thing for the other starters, like Derek Carr, Tony Brown. You haven't seen, you haven't seen anything from them. But right, you know, you saw Darren Waller the hard marks. They had that piece on him that segment last last week, and you know they're touching, touching on his history and what he dealt with and this and that. And last night, you know, the same thing. But you know, Darren Waller. I mean, he 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 has the look, you know, to be somebody special. I mean, that that's another weapon for you know Derek Carr if that comes about, you know, because I was like right. you said, Darren Waller hasn't, you know, we haven't seen much of him in the pre uh, in the preseason. But I I really believe come regular season, you're gonna see something from Darren Waller and why they went to him. I mean, obviously you lose Derek Cook, who was a primary receiver slash tight end. But, you know, with Darren Waller there, I mean, coming from the Ravens and whatnot, you know, he's going to pretty – you know, when you look at him, you look at his body, you say to yourself, well, he's not really, you know, built-built, you know, because you saw some of, you know, some of what he looks like in, a, in training camp. But he has that – I mean, John Gruden talked big about it in Mayock as well. Uh, you know, right. it, just, there's a lot of upside in Darren. Um I mean, yeah, you know, you hear a lot of hype about him, and, you know, what if you see something like, oh, he dropped the ball, and then people are going to be like, no. You know, I, I, they believe in him because, you know, if that wasn't the case, they would have won somebody elsewhere. I mean, right. Darren right. Waller has that piece where he's going to help out the offense a lot this year. That, and that's that's what I'm most interested in because he's one of these guys, I've, I've heard it several times during the offseason from, from beat writers, from people with boots on the ground there during during the offseason that this guy is like almost unguardable. And I feel like I've heard that before with other weapons that Oakland's had. Uh, one of the, not so recent, but I remember there was a lot of hype uh, following another tight end. The Raiders had uh, David Osbury back in the day. I remember a lot of people were big on him. A lot of people got psyched. Now, he was plagued with injuries. That was one of the kind of the bigger things that it seemed to derail his career. Um, so that that was my first question is what, you know, what you've seen out of him. And it sounds like it's all pretty good things. So so the hype might be legit uh, from this player this year, which has me excited because I was not a fan. If there was one move the Raiders made this offseason that I was not a fan of, it was letting Joe Cook go. Really bummed about that. I thought with Cook 
and AB and Williams, I thought it would just be a lethal trio. Um, but it sounds like Raider Nation that Darren Waller, we might uh, um, we might not, that might be something we don't even recognize yet or understand that that weapon, um, a lot of league doesn't understand yet that, that there's a weapon there that, uh, that Carr is going to be going to. I mean, he's 6'6", and they list him at 6'6", 256 pounds. So he's got, I mean, maybe not the bulkiest guy, but I mean, as far as the, the frame is there for a tight end. So um, we'll see. That, that, that sounds like, it sounds like it's pretty legit then. Yeah, I mean, you talk about David Osbury. He's a local guy here uh, in the Fresno area. He's played a little more. Um, Darren Waller, he's on another level than David was. Uh, you know, David, wow. You know, injured, you know, he riddled by injuries and whatnot. So he he never got off off the ground. But Darren Waller is just way past David Osbury. And, you know, it, it just, it's just one of those things. You cannot compare uh, Darren Waller to David Osbury because, you know, you didn't see much of Osbury. But with right. Waller, uh, yeah, I mean, you saw that, you know, he didn't practice, you know, on some days, like I was up in Napa for a training camp, and, you know, he, he wasn't really, you know, participating a lot, you know, because you saw the other tight ends like Luke Wilson, Derek Harrier, um, you know, Paul Butler. But, you know, it's just, I think they're taking it easy with Darren because, you know, they don't want to – they don't want to risk an injury because you saw what happened with the Texans losing their running back. So you don't want to mm-hmm. you don't want to run the risk of losing your starters. That so makes sense. Space right now. Cool, sweet. Well, that Raider Nation get hyped because I wanted to get hyped with them. I kept my cool a little bit because I'm like ah, I feel like this happens every year with someone. But uh, according to Anthony, this guy we we need to keep an eye on it because this when you get excited for it. So Tyler, man, that was my first one. You go go for the next one, man. What was Anthony? What was the general mood like at in Napa at training camp? You said you mentioned you were there. What was the what was the feeling like? I and mean, you show up and and I mean for me it'd be super electric because I've never been able to go. But as somebody that is a reporter and a, an objective, what was the feeling there? Well, there's a lot of excitement for the team this year. There's a lot of optimism. Uh, the players are excited. Uh, they're united. Um, they're, they're one big family. Uh, you know, last year, I mean, it, it just—it was just you know—you're you know, you're wondering to yourself what happened to this team. Obviously, going to the season, I felt you know the Raiders didn't have all the pieces that needed needed because obviously you know it was a snowball effect after the Khalil Mack trade. So it was like, oh, what's next? So I kind of kind of think that the the locker room was kind of, you know, like, why'd you guys trade our best player? You know, it just was those things. But this year, there's a lot of optimism because you go out there, Antonio Brown, you bring him in, there's a sense of uh, excitement over that. Then you bring in other guys, uh, Trent Brown. I mean, they're doing everything that they can to protect their car, you know, from getting sacked. What, he got sacked, what, 51 times last year? And it was just horrible. Even then, he, you know, threw up big numbers, not touchdown-wise, but yardage. But, you know, being at training camp, I mean, there's just a sense of excitement there. I mean, you have pieces here, pieces there, and it's like you got Josh Jacobs. I, I, when I, I was looking at Josh Jacobs uh, going through drills, I looked at him, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the Raiders really need a running back like this because obviously you had Marshall Lynch the past couple of years, but, you know, he was injured. But right. Josh Jacobs, uh, that guy, he's, he's as advertised. Um, it's going to be interesting how things go Monday night against the Broncos, uh, you know, because I, you know, this 
this team is just jazz. I mean, they they can't they can't wait to wait they can't wait to get going. You know, is this you know like ten two weeks from now? Can it come here right now? But you know, I, just, I just saw a lot of excitement. I mean, there's just I mean, when you saw her knocks, that's real. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way it is. That's right. that's how I hoped it was. Is that it wasn't just a production because everybody seemed like, okay, this is my responsibility. But you know, we're taking this, we're taking it serious. Like this year, we're we're bringing it to people. We're not we're not going to take it in the chops anymore. We're like we're ready to take it to people and let them know that you know we're here. Like Gruden said on Hard Knocks, like people don't expect anything out of us. So let's go take it to them. Oh yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad that's a real feeling. I mean, back back in April, I came out with my prediction, and you know, this is before you know, obviously everything evolved. Um, and and I'll be honest with you guys, I predicted back in April that the team would finish the season ten to six. Yeah, that's why I'm on a limb there, um, because the first part of the schedule is going to be kind of tough because they're going to be away from Oakland. So I had them like at one point like three or four or four or five, but then they handled business at home, and I feel that. They owe it to the Oakland people, you know, all the fans in Oakland. They owe it to them after last year, like, hey, we need to go on the bang here. Um, that's going to be a back of their mind as well. So it's just, it wouldn't surprise me that they finished 10 6. I mean, sort of limb, you know. I, I got right. that on my Twitter profile. So I'm going to leave <laughs> it there and see how, how things go. I, mean, I love it. So yeah, that, that's awesome. And, and, Let's go back to Josh Jacobs because I have not seen like social media. I I am like a vulture. Anything Raiders that I can find, I pull up. I have not seen much of him. Do you mind just touching on some of the things that you were impressed with him because you were there at camp? Like he's not on hard knocks hardly at all. I've seen him well, like maybe once, and then I I just I haven't seen anything out of training camp. What what did you see? From him that you like so much. Well, let's see. Uh, he has good vision. Uh, he, he, he could shift. I mean, look, he, he's dodging the cameras on hard knocks, so you know that's a that's 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 a sign of good things to come because he's able to get a, a lead defender for hard knocks. But just look at him; he has that burst. I mean, he's a smart player. He knows when when to elude a defender. I mean, he's just strong. Um, you know, just obviously back in Alabama, you know, he didn't, he played, you know, he played, you know, enough, but not where the time is going to be, you know, for, you know, where he's going to be used up too much. He He's coming in healthy. He's coming in uh, excited, just like I was talking about earlier about the whole team. I mean, just looking at him, how he gets the ball from Derek or Glennon or even Peterman, he just, he knows when to hit that burst. I mean, he just knows how. I mean, you're gonna be surprised what you see come Monday night because you kind of saw it against Arizona. You got yeah. like six yards, eight yards, first down, uh, another seven yards. Okay, you're done. Yeah, I mean, those are the, that's the type of running back you're gonna see. These things from him, he could pass. You know, he could pass block as well, catch out on the backfield. So. That's another. That's another uh, reason for optimism. You know, this team having a good season. Uh, obviously, like I go back to the schedule, it's going to be tough. But I, I, with right. that, it's been a. I think the Rays did bold well in that backfield. 
Well, like you had mentioned, you know, we've got a three-down back here and plenty of tread on the tires. I mean, this guy isn't coming in, you know, where he's rushed for, you know, we're into thousands of yards already in college, and now he's, you know, trying to get into the NFL. And, and it's like, well, you know, this guy's seen a lot of work already. He really had a unique situation at Alabama where, you know, Harris got the nod, you know, in front of him because of the injury. I believe it was his junior year. And uh, uh, so he was really, you know, when he was in, he was producing at Alabama. Now you could say, well, yeah, they're putting him in when they're blowing teams out, but he was still getting it done. And, and, I mean, there's a reason there were a lot of teams on this guy in the first round. And I've been the one here on the podcast. I'm trying to get Tyler on the hype train for Josh Jacobs because he's skeptical, kind of like I'm a little more skeptical of – of our safety, young safety Abrams, uh, but Tyler's all about that action. And uh, no, I'm a Renfro fan. That's where I'm at, and that guy looks good. <laughs> look, this, I'm on the Renfro chain. Right. This rookie class could be a mirror image of the 2014 class. Wow. We can only pray that that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> they need it. They need it. Now, let me ask you this. You know, we're coming up. We've got final game tomorrow, final preseason game tomorrow. Do you have any, in your opinion, surprise cuts that are coming up? Anybody that you think that maybe the general consensus is they make the team, but that, in your opinion, wouldn't be surprised to get the boot? I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if Vanderdose gets the boot because he's been riddled with injuries. So it just seems Gruden's tired of it. He's ready to, you know, go about it and just like, okay, you know, thanks for coming. Because he – he hasn't really participated in training camp. So hmm. that, he got that, like a concussion the first week and has been out since then, right? Right, right, right. Um, you know, the, the other person, uh, Derek Carrier, I mean, or even Luke Wilson, one of those guys. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, I was looking at the roster and I'm thinking to myself, God, it's, it, it's hard to let go of these guys because right. you know, they're so good. Right. I mean, good problem to have. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. And so, you know, going into tomorrow's final preseason game, it's it, it's just like, look, I don't think there's going to be any surprise because, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they let him go. It's just both players who are on the bubble, you know, like right. Eddie Benedict, uh, you know, the Raiders have been patient with him. And, mm-hmm. you know, he couldn't just shake off that injury bug, that concussion. So, you know, it's just – I mean, for him, you know, unfortunate, but you got to do what you got to do. But as far as any surprise cuts, I really don't see any surprise cuts coming um, other than, I don't know, I was kind of on the fifth with Justin Ellis, but it just seems that Mm -hmm. they might, you know, put him on, I don't know, I don't know, the severity of the injury, maybe they'll keep him on week one. So one of the reasons why they went out and signed Corey Lugent. So, you know, coming tomorrow, it's just going to be, you know, Friday and Saturday, it's going to be tough for the coaching staff to figure out who they want to keep. Right, so, right. Let me ask you this. Is there a player that you think that's going to get cut that um, that you want the Oakland to keep, but you're afraid, you're like, I think this guy's not going to make it? Is there, some, is there a name that stands out to you? Well, uh, rookie-wise, rookie-wise, uh, uh, you're asking about cut the cuts or keep? Uh, the cuts. Is there a guy that that like you you really like, but you're afraid that just because maybe that position's already filled up, that Oakland's not going to be able to keep him? 
while other other teams uh, have been calling about this guy, but uh, you really want to keep Anthony Rush because he's really, you know, shown something in the preseason. So as part of those numbers games, you know, you're like you want to keep that guy. But then you hope that you get him on the practice squad, but then there's other teams looking like, oh, look, they waived, they waived him. Let's go after him. So, yeah, I don't think he makes it to the practice squad. There's not right, a chance, exactly. and you know where that he makes it to a practice squad anywhere if right. you let him go, which is too bad. And and I I'm right there with with you with Justin Ellis. I I almost think Vander does and Ellis if they're not if one of them's not traded, they may both get cut because you bring in Corey Legit, you've already got Hankins, you got Hurst and Hall. That's another one that I've seen, and I would love to get your opinion on this. Do you think we get rid of PJ Hall already? No, you don't. You don't give up on him. You, you give him another year and see what he does. You know. Because... Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. Thank you. I've, I've been going crazy. I told Micah I've been going crazy all week. Like, yep, they're getting rid of PJ Hall. I'm like, why? Like, like, he he had some injuries, but he he was, I would say, solid as a rookie. There's some to be desired, but he's a rookie coming from you know, a lower division school at Sam Houston State. I'm like, the the dude has the tools. Why would you cut a second-round pick already? Right, right. I mean, you just can't do that at this point. You can't. I mean, you got to give him a chance, you know, because I've, 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 seen, I've seen some promise from him during the preseason, so even in, in practice as well. So you, you cannot, like, oh, let's, you know, we give up on this guy, so let's uh, keep this guy over him because, you know, you're you're just like you're kicking yourself later on if you see him producing for another team where you had a chance to keep him. So right, <laughs> just no way you can get rid of PJ Hall at this point. Thank you, Anthony. Woo! Yes, the voice of reason. <laughs> yes, I mean obviously we have to battle all of the uh, you know the banter that goes around this time of year. But that has been maybe one of the more ridiculous ones, I in my opinion that's been going around. And it's not just been like a one-off. I've seen this several times in several different places. And I'm just like, am I missing something? Maybe maybe I need to get somebody's opinion that at camp here, this guy is just not performing. So so I'm glad boots on the ground and telling us that, no, no, don't, don't take this seriously. So, <laughs> Tyler, just go for it, man. Well, I think I just asked like three questions in a row. So, um, so it, Let's let's uh, might as well go. I, I'm curious about the offensive line. You you mentioned Trent Brown. Um, we know that Miller's going to be starting at left tackle. I I would assume Incognito comes back after his two game suspension and fills in at left guard. You've got Hudson at center. Who's filling that right guard spot? And we know Trent Brown's going to be at the right tackle. So who fills in at the two guard spots? for the first couple weeks since Gabe Jackson. I don't know if they're going to put him on the IR designated to return or what they're going to do with him. Uh, who do you think fills in those two guard spots? Well, Gruden talked talk about Jordan Davey already, so that's a guy who already has experience on the line. So yeah, he's, getting, he's getting all those reps uh, in place of Gabe. So he's the one you can fill in there. So uh Raiders should be fine on that in that regard as far as the next uh, three weeks or whatever it may be before Gabe Jackson returns. Um, so I mean, you, you talked about you talked about uh, Colton Miller, uh, Incognito, Hudson, Jackson. Uh, you know, and then you know 
what do you what do you do with the other guys? I mean, Denzel Good, you know, he's he's on the verge of returning as well. So the Raiders might for now. I mean, you lose Jackson, you lose Incognito for the first two games of the season. You, right. you plug in those two guys there. Uh, they're going to be fine. They're going to hold down the fort until those guys come back. Uh, Do you think Jonathan Cooper then steps into that left, maybe the left guard spot? Yeah. I mean, okay. again, Gruden talked about him already, so, you know, he has experience already. So, I mean, it's always nice to have experience out of there putting in a rookie in there. So, you know, you, you want to always get that veteran, veteran presence on the line because, you know, when when you play an NFL game, you know, it, 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 it helps a lot for the quarterback because you don't want no rookie coming in and just giving up a sack and, you know, Derek's back down on the, on the grass again. But, yeah, we don't need that 53 more times this year. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, Anthony. Backup quarterback position, if you're a betting man. Ooh, this is a good tell one. Me, yeah, tell me right now who you think Gruden goes with, backup quarterback, from what you've seen at camp, and uh, just, just your opinion of this whole matter during the off season. Oh my God. That, that, that's a good question. Cause you know, last <laughs> week against the Packers, you saw Peterman play the three quarters. Right. <laughs> so, you know, Glenn, Glenn kind of uh, struggled a little bit there. And so he decided, uh, Gruden decided, Oh, you know, put in Peterman cause he got frustrated with Glenn. And so at this point, if, if the season ended down, if the season ended down, I give the edge, a slight edge to Peterman. But I, I, you know, I still would have concerns about Peterman should he play an NFL game because, you know, you got to think about this for a minute. You know, he was playing his backups. What is he going to do against, you know, starters? So that's a whole different, right. you know, um, animal there. So, right. but you know, I, I want to see how things go tomorrow first before I even can say, oh, I really. So I did my uh, roster projections of the who's going to make the fifty-three man. I feel that the Raiders are going to keep three. Because uh, last year, obviously, they kept two. But, you know, these three quarterbacks, I mean, it, 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 they showed something. Glennon showed something already in Peterman. I mean, again, it's a good problem to have. Like, what do you want to do with these, uh, you know, who do you want to be the backup to Carr? You know, Peterman. Right. I mean, you, you saw Gruden talking about Peterman a lot on hard marks. Uh, but, you know, Glennon has that NFL experience. You know, he started, like, tons of games already. So, I mean, I'd like to see how things go tomorrow because tomorrow's going to decide who's going to be the backup quarterback. And I mean, who knows what, what, what else the Ravens will do with the quarterback? Are they going to trade one of them? Indianapolis needs a quarterback. So, I mean, <laughs> right. there's, there's, there's a lot of variables going on right now. Okay, I like it. Peterman, that's a, that would be who, my Micah, guess, too. Oh, okay, I was going to ask you who you thought would, would yeah, be you the know, backup. You know, that's tough, though, because like you said, Glennon has the actual experience. Um, and has started, obviously, way more games in the NFL. So I could see just from an experience standpoint, Gruden uh, uh, going with a guy like Glennon. Uh, you know, he's got the he's got a quarterback build. What does he stand? He's like six seven, something like that. I mean, the guy's yeah, he's the guy tall, super tall, and about four feet of that is his neck. <laughs> and he, I mean, he's got some plays. He's made some really impressive throws, but then. You know, what we saw was at week one, week two in the preseason, just get down the red zone, a couple of just real egg throws. That just, yeah, that one to Waller in the back of the end zone, that was that one was like, come on, Glennon, make right. that throw. Right. Oh, so, you know, right. Almost, I almost root for the underdog a little bit in Peterman, you know, just because you like that story. You like to see him kind of come back from what 
he struggled with early on in his career. But if I were a betting man, man, I think I would probably just because of the experience have to maybe go with Glennon. So it's going to make for a really interesting storyline tomorrow night as the Rangers take on the Seahawks in the in the final preseason game. Now let me ask you this, Anthony, and then I don't want to take up too much of your time, but this whole I, I don't want to touch on this a ton because I know it's been beat to death, but I feel like we would not be doing our job if we didn't ask at least a question about it. So here's my question. Was the AB helmet issue just blown out of way more out of proportion by, you know, social media, maybe local beat writers who didn't know a lot on the subject? Because it seemed like to me this thing kind of got legs of its own and just took off. And what I can see on Paul Knox at least, from you know a plebe standpoint, is that it wasn't really affecting anybody inside the Raiders organization. It was just everybody else on the outside that seemed to be blowing it up and making it a bigger deal than it actually was. Was that the case in your opinion, or do you think that there was a little bit of turmoil because of that? I don't think there was any turmoil or the helmet issue because, as Gruden said before, uh, they knew about it. They knew about it since OTAs. So. It wasn't much of a concern for them at all. I mean, it's just uh, it's just people making a big deal out of it, uh, trying to try to cause like a distraction or whatnot, um, you know, because of you know of the past of AD and what happened right. in Pittsburgh. But uh, you know, it, it, the Rays weren't concerned about it at all. I mean, yeah, they all came out, you know, had that impromptu you know, uh, news conference with the media. Uh, you know, and say, hey, he needs to he needs to come and you know report and be here with us. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, when I just look at it from the outside, you know, and when when I was even there in Napa, uh, it, it just it just seemed that the Rays weren't concerned at all. I mean, okay, they not talking about it. Um, right. I think it's really more more about HBO catching capturing the whole you know the whole uh, whirlwind of the helmet issue. Then you brought uh-huh. in, then you, then you had the feet issue as well. So, you know, it, it, it just seemed, and I, I've told people before that, you know, what it surprised me if this was, if this was more HBO related than it was <laughs> right. type of issue, you know, where AD was dealing with the helmet. I mean, obviously, yeah, he must have had the helmet that he's been playing with for nine years, but, you know, it just shows up those uh, viewership that all oh, people were interested. They want to hear. I mean, that tweet that I had last week about AD uh, hard knocks. A lot of people in Pittsburgh are watching it, you know, because over over that. But you know, I, mm-hmm. so I mean, what no, is- it's just I think it was blown out of proportion, uh, you know. And and looking now, you know, everybody's happy, you know. Right. It's, right. And I think I'm glad to hear that because, like I said, you know, we had obviously the stories going around, flying around, and, and you know, there's a portion of portion of Raider Nation starts to freak out, and uh, uh, but then when that the the again the Hard Knocks episode came out, and Gruden was like, you know, I mean, he was just like totally chill about it. I he, I think he had a couple sentences to say about it, and that was it. And it was like, okay, well, this doesn't seem like it's any big thing, but it is a slow time of year for a lot of writers, so if you can get in on, if you can create a little drama, it seems like to me anyway, 
and be able to get a few stories out of it, then uh, unfortunately that that's what seems to be what goes on like, you know, you know, nowadays. Like, you know what though? Uh, the, the local media, the local beat writers, you know, it's it just they. It, I think it was more national media than what local media because okay, I've been around guys and you know. They're, they were chill about it as well. I mean, they were like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Yeah, they tweeted, like, Amy's out of practice. Well, that's to let you guys know that, hey, this is what we see. And, I mean, they wouldn't be doing their jobs if they weren't telling, you know, telling anybody that, oh, you know, Amy's out here rather than, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it was just like, wow, you know, they're like, then you got other people talking about AD and the, his past and, like, oh, how terrible person he is. But yet you saw a different AB because he's over there signing autographs and giving hugs to fans in Arizona. Right. So, you know, right. and then meeting with fans, uh, you know, uh, going to Dallas South football game. Yep. So, hey, you know, it, it was just, you know, well, that's... I, I predicted that it was going to be gone, and it, it, it is gone. So everybody's moving forward and getting ready for the season against Denver. Awesome. Well, that, props to our local beat writers because, that, like I said, it was – it definitely made national headlines because uh, it seemed like every time you turned on ESPN or NFL Network, there was some, you know, they had, they had another segment on the story. So good, glad to hear that everybody everybody that actually was there and knew about the situation wasn't blowing it up out of proportion. So Raider Nation, we got a good uh, we got a good local uh, uh, boots on the ground getting it done. So that's always good to hear because. We don't have that very often, it seems like, in, uh, but that's becoming more rare, uh, it seems like, in, uh, in media these days. So, Tyler, man, do you have anything else for him? Yeah, so about the A-B thing, like, I, I will admit I was, I was fairly nervous, and I think the reason why is people are like, well, he's not going to walk away from, was it, $37 million or something like that, dollars that, uh, you know, over a helmet, and I was like, nah, I don't, I, I don't know, and 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 a good example of that is Andrew Luck just walked away from over fifty-eight million dollars this week, and I mean, if the man really didn't, and, and you never know with people, like if his helmet really meant that much to him, I was, I will admit that I was nervous about that, but I guess my question is, why did Mayock feel? Anthony, in your opinion, why did Mayock feel that he needed to say, like, he's either in or out? I thought that that kind of added a little bit of fuel to the fire. I don't know what what his reasoning behind that was. What What is your opinion of, of why he said that? He's probably a little bit frustrated over him not showing, but he was there in Napa, so uh, it, it, just, it was just, like, it was surprising that, you know that that came out, but then I also thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to show up on hard knocks. <laughs> because all and I, right. remember, I don't, I don't remember seeing that on hard knocks. Was yeah, it on it was, there? It was on hard knocks. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, and so, I mean, even after, even after that, the next day, you know, AD was in Napa. You know, you saw right. that photo of him walking. You know, so it, it was. I mean, he's all in. I mean, he's always been all in. You know, Derek Derek was here in Fresno for a function for Valley Children's Hospital, and uh, somebody posed a question to him about AD, and, and Derek, Derek was so excited, you know, like, oh, we'll walk him, walk him you know, in Oakland, open arms. Well, you know, we'll right. him. Uh, you know, AD wasn't going to walk away and not play with Derek because he, he's talked highly of him uh, back, at, uh, back at the Pro Bowl. 
playing with AD, AD vice versa, is also excited to play with Derek. He wasn't going to walk away and just retire over a helmet issue. Um, so, you know, I, there was just no worry at all from from anybody. That's good. I was worried. Awesome. I had enough <laughs> worry for everyone, I guess, then. so. Um, and then I, I guess I want to follow that up with some of the drama that has been uh, on Twitter this week. I'm sure you've seen it where A.B. told uh, a, uh, Roethlisberger to shut up about being friends. He said they really weren't friends. Do you feel, uh, from what you have seen, and maybe you didn't get to see A.B. much when you were in Napa, but from what you've seen with Carr and A.B., do you think they are true friends? Would, would would you be able to say, yes, they're friends, or no, they're not? Of course they're friends. I mean... Well, that's good, because no. allegedly he and Big Ben were never friends. <laughs> so, that, well, uh, I think know, that caused some drama. I, I feel that they were, you know, they've been friends. I mean, I mean you, you cannot be on the team and not be friends with somebody. You cannot... You cannot dislike him for any reason. I just think that after what happened last year, it just kind of like it, it just added injury to insult and in, in what Ben Roethlisberger said about Antonio Brown about the route. Uh, you know, uh, that's when things just you know fell fell apart. Um, you know, ten years from now they might you know say, hey, you know, we're friends. You know, and what happened back then? You know, we were just you know going through all that, and you know, it's over with. I mean. But, you know, Derek and uh, AD, you know, they've hung out at Derek's house. So, you know, it, it, they really, they truly have, you know, that um, that teammate slash friendship. Um, so, I don't, I, you know, to answer your question, yes, you know, they're friends. Can't see why they're, that, why they wouldn't be friends. I mean, yeah, you saw that comment when AB said that I was just there to get my, you know, whatever. What was that word? <laughs> so kind of caught me by surprise when he said that. But then also, um, I really think that he felt, uh, you know, not betrayed, but he just felt, you know, what Ben said last year. It just, you know, AB can't just let it go because, right? It, you know, he thought that he was. I just feel that he thought that. Oh my gosh! I can't believe, can't believe you would tell me that to the media. Um, right. So. Well, I well, hope that I hope that Carr and Brown are best friends to the tune of about twelve, thirteen touchdowns this year. That's what I hope, and about <laughs> fifteen hundred yards passing and receiving. So, I hope they're friends to that tune. <laughs> let me let me ask you here. We're going to dive off really quickly the NFL scene. I want to ask you about the Fresno State Bulldogs because, as stated earlier, you're talking to two diehard Boise State Bronco fans. Obviously, last year had a couple good games. Boise had a fantastic win middle of the season. Obviously, then Fresno came in, won on the blue turf. I was there at that game. That was a heartbreaker. Fantastic <laughs> play, though, to end the game. I got to say, I even from the stands, I thought we had won. Uh, but that option, was, I mean, it was well drawn up, well timed. Fresno ends up getting the win right in, in the, the final snow. seconds. In the snow. Oh, I tell you what, I was blanketed in snow. <laughs> one of about maybe 6,000 fans stuck it out in a 35,000-fan stadium uh, with snow just sheeting down on us. But let me ask you, how, obviously this year Boise State does not play. We don't play the Bulldogs, you know, as of right now. What, uh, how are the Bulldogs looking? I haven't heard anything. Um 
you know, this offseason? What are you guys kind of expecting for this for the uh, 2019 season? Well, they, because I'm not on the team, so I'll, I'll play they. Uh, but I've been out of practice, and, uh, you know, the, the one concern that I have going into the season or the first game against USC on Saturday is the quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to Jorge Reynos going to start, so you don't know what you're going to see from him. You don't know what you're going to get from him, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, because, you know, you lose Marcus McMurrian, who when he came in from Oregon State, you know, all he did was let the Bulldogs to championships. in right. So, you know, that's that's one glaring spot because the other spot, too, is the receivers. Like, who's going to come in? You lose Keyshawn Johnson now with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Jimmer Jordan. I mean, basically what you got now is just a bunch of, you know, new guys coming in, like a young, young group of Bulldogs. Uh, right. You know, running back situation, Ronnie Rivers is back, but, you know, you also lose uh, uh, Jordan Ben uh, for the season because of injury. So, then the other guys who, who were supposed to play are also injured. So, defensively, though, that's going to be the strong point for the Bulldogs this year. If they're going to be engaged, it's going to be because of, it's going to be because of their defense. Um, so, again, the Bulldogs offense, I'm just, you know, it, it's just a remain to be seen type uh, for them. Because, yeah. you know, Jorge Reina had a good uh, college career down in SoCal. So, you know, we'll see how things go with him. Because I know he's been working out or getting tips from Marcus McMarion, so that's going to be a advantage for him. Mm-hmm. But, again, the true test comes Saturday against USC. What does he do? What, what happens? Right, right. Well, it sounds like Boise State, Fresno State are kind of in the same boat. Boise State starting a true freshman, a quarterback, you know, against Florida State on Saturday. Uh, and, again, it's the strength is on the defensive side for Boise State, at least what it looks like this offseason. I think they return eight or nine starters on defense. It's a pretty stacked um, pretty stacked front uh, front four for, for the Broncos. But uh, I, I'm hearing a lot that uh, the receiving core should be pretty solid this year for Boise State, but it's kind of all up to uh, the young man, Hank Bachmeyer. We're going to figure out, I mean, highly touted this offseason, obviously won the job. And so we're just going to, you know, last time this, this – actually, this hasn't happened for Boise State. A no, lot of never. People, a lot of people are, are drawing Kellen Moore comparisons, which is – I always get nervous when people start comparing somebody who's never played a – a game that <laughs> a snap in regular season to some one of the greatest you know, quarterbacks to play the game for Boise State. Um, so we'll see. I, and I'm, I'm a little bit bummed they don't play Fresno State because it doesn't. It seems like no matter what team, you know, how how each team is doing, you know, in, on any given year, it always seems like a Boise Fresno State game is always a good matchup. And it's, it seems like that that home field advantage. It's always a big time because Boise struggles mightily when they go down to Fresno State. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the weather, if it's the air down there or whatever, but Boise, I mean, even, yeah, they've always just had a tough time. So I'm I'm a little bit bummed. I was checking the schedule and I was like, what? No way. We've got, we've got a few, it seemed kind of like rollover games. You got Portland State, got Marshall, and it's kind of like, oh, man, really? That's, you know, that's not near as exciting as a, as a Boise-Fresno game, but Boise's going to have their hands full this year. You've got Utah State, Colorado, 
uh, state is always a big one. Air Force, for whatever reason, I mean, Air well, Force can be yeah. a three-win team in a year, and one of them is against Boise State. Uh, and always, I, we just yeah. all, always struggle against Air Force. So, um, you know, obviously. Utah State. Yep, yeah, Utah State. So, I mean, they're obviously everybody every year. It, it, you know, we lose two games, and here in Boise, everybody's like, well, what a, you know, what a down year because we're all snobs <laughs> up here. And uh, if we don't go 12-0, and 0, then everybody's upset. And we got to throw everybody away and trash the coaches, and it's time to get somebody new in um, because we're spoiled. Uh, but yeah. uh, it, it should be an interesting year. What, what do you see? How do you see just you know, looking at the preseason, looking at who you guys are stacked up against this year? Do you have a, do you have a prediction for, for Fresno on what you think they'll do this year? Uh, so the first two weeks are obviously USC and Minnesota at Bulldog Stadium next uh, next weekend. So and then they got Sacramento State uh, third week. Um, you know, I don't see I see maybe six seven wins for the Bulldogs. Okay. Uh, so I mean, again, it's going to be obviously a different year for them. Uh, you know, period. But so there's going to be you know stretches where they're going to figure out the offense. But again, the defense is going to keep them in the game. You know, that game that mm-hmm. should win. So. Nice, nice. Well, Tyler, man, do you have anything else before we wrap this up? We appreciate Anthony's time. We uh, can't let him get away without asking a, a question. Um, oh, yes. Our our question of the week. Do you have one of those? Because if not, I've got one. Tyler, you know, I, I hog that every week. I'm going to let you go for it this week, man. All right. So, Anthony, <laughs> you may or may not know this, but on every podcast, we – we have a question of the week that has usually nothing to do with football. The uh, latest craze on social media has been the, the best chicken sandwich. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> so here it comes, Anthony. It doesn't have to be Chick-fil-A. It doesn't have to be Popeye's. What is your preferred chicken sandwich? And then, Micah, I'll ask you, and then Ooh. I will answer the same. My God. Her chicken sandwich? Yeah. Um, it's definitely not going to be Popeye's. I did a Chick-fil-A, so I like her chicken, so I'm going to go with Chick-fil-A. Um, I wouldn't say Wendy's as well because I like how they put the BLT and whatnot, but I'm going with Chick-fil-A right now. Okay. So so is it just the plain Chick-fil-A, or are we talking like the spicy Chick-fil-A, the deluxe? What are, what are we putting Grilled, on this perhaps. You know what? I'm Grilled, yes. So I'll, go, I'll go grill. I don't do anything uh, fried or anything like that. It's always going to be grilled because that's the healthiest chicken that you're going to have. Ooh, I like it. So like you'll it. eat the bacon, but you won't eat the fried chicken. Uh, so I don't know why Wendy's does that, but like <laughs> <laughs> when I'm at Chick-fil-A, that's what I ask. I'll ask for a grilled chicken sandwich. That's what, that's what I get with, with pickles. So okay. Yes. Love it. Now, I, see, this is, this is cheating because I actually used to work at Chick-fil-A right out of high school, one of my first jobs. And it's funny because I actually still enjoy eating there. A lot of people will, like, eat, you know, work at Burger King or whatever for a year, and then they're like, oh, I can't eat their food now or whatever. But, um, gosh, I'd have to go because, you know, I've had a lot of McDonald's chicken sandwiches. I don't know if I've had the Wendy's chicken sandwich yet. Um, it sounds like I need to get over there and, and sample that. But i got to go. I think i got to go Chick-fil-A as well, but it's got to be regular, just the number one deluxe. 
uh, with extra pickles. I don't know what it is about Chick-fil-A's pickles, but they're super fresh and they're they're crunchy. They're kind of soggy. Um, and and they're, yeah, I gotta go number one deluxe with the tomato, the lettuce, extra pickles. Um, that that is a full meal in and of itself. And then obviously you've got some of the best fries known to man, the waffle fries, which you have to eat immediately. But I digress. Um, yeah, it's got to be number one deluxe, man. That's the best chicken sandwich. I didn't know this was a thing on social media. Oh, this Gosh, is what huge, have I Micah. I don't know. I think Gosh. maybe having a baby or something or yeah, moving. Yeah, my wife's having a baby. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I just, you know, I just sit around outside. So, I was, I'm so tired of looking at the – the chicken wars on Twitter. I just, <laughs> oh my God, it's out of control. Well, I I apologize, but I I thought you know earlier I was like I I've got to ask. We, we've got him on the show. We've got to ask him where where his allegiance lies. So I guess I better answer the question as well. I am a I love Chick Fil A. I I really do. Like we had a Popeyes where I grew up and it was garbage. Like it, it went out of business. Like it, it, it just folded. And I always thought their food was way overrated and not that good. So, and way overpriced. When I go to Chick-fil-A, I told Micah this evening, I actually went there tonight uh, for dinner. My wife was sick. And so I was like, well, what am I going to pick up for dinner? Stopped at uh, Chick-fil-A. And I feel like a king. Every time I go I go to Chick-fil-A. Like, I love their food. Yeah, it's kind of expensive, but you know what? When they're like, yes, sir, and no, sir, and, and my pleasure, sir, like, you just, it makes you feel good, and I think it just makes the food taste even better. But I'm a spicy guy, so Ooh. I always go with the spicy deluxe, with the the spicy chicken filet. It is breaded and fried. Uh, along with the pepper jack cheese that gives it a little extra kick, and then uh, the lettuce and tomato, and I always like to dip it in the old Chick-fil-A sauce. Like, there's just something about that smoky, mustardy, magical, wonderful sauce that Chick-fil-A Wow, you dip has. your sandwich in the Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, yeah. Or I put it wow. on top or oh, whatever. Well. Yeah. Wait, so, oh, wait, yeah. Anthony, you do as well. No, I do not. I don't like oh. that. <laughs> okay, say wow, Tyler, man. I can't believe really, Anthony doesn't like really going all in here. Yeah, that's yeah, this is a little concerning, Tyler. We'll need to talk about this later. We will talk about this off air, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So well, we're Anthony, all three for three Chick Fil A. So congratulations, Chick Fil A. Yeah, we'll get some heat for that later. I've got no oh, doubt. Oh, by the way, uh, Bull, like that's what they serve uh, at, at games in the in the media room, Chick Fil A. Oh, <laughs> not man, you, Popeyes. I was well. Now we jump off there. You're gonna have to let me know how in the world do we get into this Fresno State media thing because that yes. that's worth it in and of itself, right there. That's his I imagine football games though. That's how football games up in the media room. Oh. <laughs> well, how do we get up there? Because can... I can imagine like giant trays of chicken nuggets and sandwiches. That just sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> oh gosh. Gosh, Anthony, man, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We really do. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, giving us some of the inside information, what you've seen this off season, man. We really appreciate it. Tell us once again, tell Raider Nation, how can we find you uh, through social media? Yeah, well, again, uh, thanks for having me on. I uh, really enjoyed this conversation with you guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, agalavise underscore the B. Uh, again, it's agalavise, A-G-A-L-A-V-I-Z. 
underscore the B T H E B E E. Uh so you can find me on Twitter there. Uh I'll be I'll be at the Monday night game, so you know, feel Woo! free to reach out to me. Uh you know, again we'd like to be on again with you guys. Awesome, awesome. Anthony man, we really appreciate it. Have fun at the Monday night game. We're gonna have to catch up with you during the season, man, and, and hopefully it'll all be joyous and good news and we'll uh We'll be excited because we'll be well on our way towards that ten and six. Uh, that ten and that six have. record, man, I love yeah. it. <laughs> Raider Nation, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Got to go. Give Anthony a follow on Twitter. Check out his work; he's been doing great stuff. Anthony, again, thanks so much for your time, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks, man. We'll we'll uh, talk to you during the season. All right, sounds good. All right, bye bye, bye, bye man. Once again, Raider Nation, big shout out to Anthony Galaviz, Fresno B, really appreciate his time, awesome stuff. Tyler, we're going to have to get him on the show, maybe maybe about quarter through, maybe halfway through the season, get him back yes. here. Hopefully, like we said, hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll be all abuzz with good news and excited to see this team off and running. Speaking of off and running... It's- and it's not very often that we get somebody with a uh, check mark by their name Ooh. on our show. Usually, they're too snobby to talk to us low lives, and well, so I... our our uh, surfs, if you will, our surfness. <laughs> so thank you, Anthony, with the check mark coming on the show. We really appreciate your time, and uh, it was a great interview. Awesome yeah, insights. I wish I could be at camp, but alas. I don't know how far away I am. It's got to be about a day's drive from New Mexico to that part of California. But, yeah, I cannot be there live. So it's (laughs) nice to talk to somebody that is there live, that sees what's going on. And uh, it was great, great interview. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, I think just Anthony with a blue check mark will be his name from now on. Um, Sounds good. So definitely a posh. Uh, we're, We're Raider Nation. We're getting up there now. So... You know, if you're wanting to call into the show or do anything like that, um, I don't know if we've got restrictions yet that you have to have a blue check mark, but that might start, you know, we might start implementing that because we're pretty <laughs> high on ourselves now um, after that interview. But speaking of which, you want to get on the show, give us a call. Guys, it is it is game week. We are we are sitting here Sunday before the Monday night game. Uh, we're So we're eight days away, but it's it's... It's time. This time next week, Tyler, I will be watching pre-game stuff. We'll have already had Packers and Bears play. It's on like Donkey Kong now. So, um, uh, we're it's I, I can't believe it. So, Raider Nation, you want to get in on this. You want to give us a call. Talk a little bit on the podcast about anything. 208-557-9771 is the number to call. Leave us a voicemail. We're going to play it back on the show and we're going to chat about it and we're going to And we actually deep. have we have one that I uh, had forgotten about that is in the archive since it's been a few weeks. We have one from the Burton. Ooh. Should we do we want to put the Burton in right here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's jump on it. I I, I have to say I'm a little out of practice right now from the last two weeks of not like two and a half weeks of not podcasting so Burton my apologies man let's get to it Tyler 
Tyler and Micah, this is James Burton giving you a call, man. Don't know when you're planning on dropping a new podcast, but thinking about the game last night, watching the Raiders at the Cardinals, and had a lot of thoughts, man. And y'all guys are my faves, so thought I'd call and, and share a couple of thoughts. One is that the Raiders look crisp, and it's a good look. It's a good look for the preseason, and although we only saw the, the first-team offense for a series, they were crisp. They looked confident. The defense looked very aggressive, and, and I like that a lot. I love Gunther's. I've always liked Gunther's approach to defense rather than the old read and react. It's uh, aggressive defense. Uh, I, I like that. It seemed to obviously worked last night, worked against the Rams. So it's good to see. Uh, don't want to get too excited because it is only preseason. But hey, it's better than than looking like uh, looking like crap, which is what the Cardinals looked like last night. And, and you know, I couldn't help but think too, watching or listening to the ESPN coverage, which was abysmal. You know, Booger McFarland. He's got a good name, Booger. Uh, and you know, his comments. He kept he kept hyping Kyler Murray even after he went you know, what, three for eight for 12 yards or whatever it was, still talking about, you know, acting as if they, they held back against the Raiders, you know. Again, they didn't want to show all their stuff, so that's why he, he looked so bad. So I guess that's why the Raiders' defense got a safety on him. You know, it's just the same old national media that I can just barely even tolerate because they're they're all so – they're a bunch of parrots. They, they seem to – grab hold to the theme uh, that's being parroted in, in national media, and they just repeat it over and over again. Uh, we're not going to get any respect from the national media until we win, like, two Super Bowls in a row uh, or something like that. But that's just how it is being a Raiders fan. But, hey, that's all right. We've got behind the behind the eye patch podcast that we can listen to. Hey, thank you all, guys, man. Be looking for your next episode to drop the Raiders. Burton, thank you so much for the call, man. I super appreciate it. Tyler and I, man, we love always hearing from you. I agree, first off, in the fact that uh, I can't stand Booger McFarland either. And nope. <laughs> At least he's not riding around in his wheelchair this year. <laughs> That's true. And Raiders did look crisp, man. That was the one thing that did stand out. I know we saw very little of the first string, but even like the second string, man, they just looked on point. They looked they looked dialed in, as they say in football terms, and that was what got me excited. Didn't did wasn't any kind of you know, I mean, we've seen it in the past, the kind of sloppy play, the, you know, the kind of play that keeps you thinking, okay, it's only preseason, you know, it'll get better, we'll be fine, kind of a thing. Um, man, they just look like, they just look dialed in. I was really excited. I, I don't know, Tyler, what, what do you think? I, I Am I getting my hopes up too much, or are, are we going to be all right? No, I mean, it was preseason, but it, they right. did look crisp. The, the It went Jacobs, 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 nice pass to Tyrell Williams. And then there was a, a penalty at the end of that play. And then I believe the next play, there may have been a couple runs or something in there. And then um, touchdown pass to Grant. So, you know, it, it looked sharp. It looked crisp. They had good command of the offense. It was nice to see a, a receiver 
go up and make a play on a ball yep. instead of dropping it or just stopping and giving up. And so that was nice. It was nice to see Jacobs looks like look, looks like the man. Like he okay. he looks like a three down back. He had great yes. vision. And like I said, number one, it's against the Cardinals, and no one's expecting anything out of them. But it was nice to see, and it's preseason, number two. But it's nice to see some vision, not just slamming into a pile of bodies, um, right. <laughs> trying to extend plays. That looked nice. It was also nice to see Cleveland Farrell, or Furl, yes. chasing down small feet himself, Mr. Kyler Murray. And... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the the defense looked nice. I agree with the Burton. It's nice to see an attacking defense instead of a uh, Ken Norton Jr. just play zone and give up thousands of yards in a a season. And so, you know, sometimes you live by the blitz and you die by the blitz, but it's always nice when you can get some pressure on the quarterback, make them throw some errant passes, and get a few stops. It's always nice, no matter if it's preseason or regular season. That was great. I enjoyed watching it. I was sad that Max Crosby broke his hand in the first game, so we didn't really get to see much of Mad Max. Um, But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's... Hopefully see him in the regular season. Yes, I believe so. I I think uh, he's back. Hard Knocks has been fun to watch. Uh, Yeah. And I guess going into that, some of the people that were featured on Hard Knocks are now no longer part of the team as we cut down our roster yesterday to yes. 53 men uh, from Woo. 90. There were some kind of some surprise cuts, and a couple were, I mean, to me, I guess they were a surprise uh, to the rest of the GM savants on Raider Twitter. They were no surprise. To me, they were a surprise. <laughs> Um, and there were a people, a couple people that made the team that I was uh, not against, but I was kind of surprised. So I guess if you want, we can get into that real yeah. quick and then, uh, let's, let's do it. Wrap let's it up. Give, let's give a rundown. Tell me, give me some of your surprise cuts. I mean, I think obviously we'd be remiss without starting with DOS. Yeah. I, I thought I'm- DOS would probably make it as maybe like the last receiver on the roster. Uh, but like you said, he was cut. That one surprised me. Uh, Mars drops though in the off season, if I'm or in the preseason, if I'm not mistaken, that were kind of like, oof, you know, kind of remind me of like a, like a Seth Roberts or something like that. It was a little bit like, oh come on, you know, what's up with that kind of yep. deal? Yeah, so like in that last game, he had a few where it was like he missed them, like he just dropped them, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute, that's not typical so yeah but he had some really good catches kind of hoping he ends up on the practice squad and uh, maybe if he does if he clears waivers by like I think one o'clock today then we can put him on the practice squad Um, and so or I guess it's two o'clock our time Micah Uh, so we kept I I guess I've got the the roster right here Uh, and this is via Jerry McDonald and so I trust Jerry McDonald uh, at quarterback, Micah. I kind of surprised we kept all three quarterbacks. Right. I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. a two quarterback guy. I think a third quarterback on the roster is an inactive player on game day is a waste of a spot. That's just my opinion. But we kept Derek Carr. Surprisingly, I thought Peterman was going to beat him out for the starting role for sure. <laughs> 
and then Mike Glennon is still there, and then Peterman. So, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised. What's your take on that? Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of with you there. Now, is there any chance that, like, the Raiders might just drop one of them? Could, could that happen? Oh, yeah, I'm sure that for, like, till next week, this roster is still going to be going changes. Right, right. Uh, so, probably uh, not at starting positions, but uh, as special teamers or as somebody comes available, perhaps. Uh, Kiko Alonso was one of those, but he is going to the Saints via a trade, so that will not be happening. But, yeah, I'm sure... I'm sure this roster will be very different, probably even by the time this gets published. Right, right. So that, that to me is like I, I'm still kind of waiting and watching on that because I'm, it, that is kind of a little bit of a head scratching move, like you said, um, to have three quarterbacks. Um, so I'm like, uh, you know, well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see because I, I would would not surprise me at all to all of a sudden hear that you know. Glennon is waived to make room for you know X, or y, traded. Or There's a few teams that require quarterback services as well so perhaps they would trade us like a six round pick or something like that moving on to running back we've got josh jacobs jalen richard deandre washington and kind of a surprise to me a little bit alec ingold at the fullback as keith smith was released and i figured you know rich smith is kind of a special teamer guy rich basaccia our special teams coach likes Keith Smith, so I kind of figured his job was safe, but alas, the undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin, Alec Ingold, has supplanted Mr. Keith Smith. Uh, I'm kind of, I like Ingold, he made some nice catches in the preseason, and now comes down to will he make those catches in the regular season. Uh, Last year against the Broncos, was a dreaded drop by Key Smith. That right. one hurt real bad. Yeah. And yeah. on a fourth and one, and we were going down, we could have won the game, and he dropped a wide-open pass. And so I'm kind of like, meh, it, it is what it is. I like Ian Gold. I think he can, you know, he's versatile. He can catch the right. ball out of the backfield. So that's always nice. Well, and that's one of those things, too. It's the fullback position, you know, uh, <sighs> what do the coaches see? I feel like we couldn't do any worse than Keith Smith. I'm not saying that Keith, I mean, Keith Smith had a nice touchdown catch in the preseason. Yeah, he did. To his credit. But, you know, if we're wanting to get younger, you know, you know, we're, we're wanting some fresh blood in there, younger players, you know, I, I, it's not one of those where it's like, oh my gosh, why did we let Keith Smith go? No. I'm like, eh, okay, that's fine. Let's see yep. what Ingold has to, you know, bring to the table. So. Yep. My thoughts exactly. Moving on to wide receiver, uh, surprisingly, Antonio Brown is still with us. Wow. Uh, Tyrell Williams. Hunter Renfro made the squad, Micah. I was surprised at that. JK, LOL. I can't believe how many people, mostly just beat writers, um, that were talking about, like, Renfro might not make the team. Yeah. I I even saw people were like, boy, I I saw it on Facebook. People were like, so long, Renfro. Uh, Keelan Doss is going to take his spot. And I was just like, are you – like, has anybody watched any football? On yeah, the has team? anybody watched this, like, this spring practice? Well, I mean, it's practice, but, I mean, Renfro looks like he's been in the league for 10 years. You know what? And you, I'll eat crow if by week eight, Doss is on another team with, you know, 400 yards receiving and four touchdowns. And Renfro As will has – you know, 120 yards received. And that's you know, not a knock against Doss. I just think Renfro's no. that good. 
No, and I yeah, don't. I don't, think... I don't understand why people were like, "Nope, they're gonna cut him. He won't a be on the final pick. 53. I'm like, "You right. guys are seriously nuts. You're yeah, crazy." I, I didn't get that either. But Ryan Grant and JJ Nelson and Dwayne Harris. So Dwayne Harris will will be the like end around guy probably because that's what they right. like to do with him last year. I don't know why, and <laughs> he'll probably be returning. Uh, punts and kickoffs would yeah, he's be my, good at that. which is he's dang good, good at that. that. Amen <laughs> to that. So that leaves out Keelan Doss, as we already mentioned, Marcel Aitman, the seventh round pick last yeah. year. Keon Hatcher. For Aitman. I had high hopes for him. I did too. Never, never panned out. Out of Oklahoma State, I wouldn't, I, I don't know where he'll end up, but I think he'll catch on. I think uh, Keon Hatcher out of Arkansas and Demorne Pearson L, who was re- returning kicks in the preseason uh, from the Salt Lake Stallions of the now defunct AAF, uh, wow. those are the guys that are out um, now. And so, hopefully, I, I think maybe Doss, if he clears uh, waivers, will end up on the practice squad. Wouldn't... I can see Hatcher as well. I yeah. can see them picking up Hatcher again. Another one is, is your boy uh, Gandalf. Rico, yes. Ga- Rico Gafford Gandalf. Yeah, uh, I, I, don't... I had trouble saying his name, so I just called him Gandalf. Yeah, it, it and he may right end up on jersey. the practice squad too. I could see that. Yeah, that guy's got some speed. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they pick him up. Actually, would not mind that at all, especially if somebody goes down in the slot or something like that. Be able to slide him in there for a week or two. Yep. So moving on to tight end. Uh, in is Darren Waller, our was it fifth round or fourth round pick, Foster Moreau? Fourth round pick? Uh, I think it was fifth. Uh, I think it was fourth. Fourth, I think. I think okay. fourth round pick. And then Derek Carrier. Uh, yeah, out that kit pick. Yeah, and then out was was one of my favorites, Mr. Paul Butler. Unfortunately, yeah, that kind of surprised me a little bit. The muscles. And, yeah, and Brandon Barnes. So and maybe the- Paul Butler ends up on the practice squad like he did last year. Right, Don't and know. the young man, the young uh, Canadian, I uh, forget his name. Oh yeah, right now. Luke Wilson. Yeah, was that also didn't surprise cut. me though. I mean, he had such kind of had brick hands there on a few plays, and wasn't he the one that was trash talking AB or no, no, he was trash talking Abrams, wasn't he? When Abrams came up and put a hit on him in practice. I don't know. It, telling, was that on Hard Knocks? Yeah, I think so. And they, weren't they telling him to telling AB to settle down? And and wasn't. Uh, uh, yeah, he was like telling him, "Oh, wait till the pads come on, man." He was telling Abrams that. Oh, it uh, could have been. I, I think he. I thought he was giving him a little lip, and then now here he is. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. Uh, I offensive line now. Yes. Okay. So in Colton Miller doesn't surprise me. Nope. Jonathan Cooper doesn't surprise me. Rodney Hudson. Doesn't surprise me because we gave him a three-year extension this Well week. earned, young man. Well Fantastic. earned. Super smart guy. Everybody loves HUD. So, uh, Jordan Devy, and uh, we heard uh, Anthony talk about uh, Jordan Devy probably starting at one of the two guard positions. Nice. Uh, and then Trent Brown. Uh, Gabe Jackson, I'm not sure if they're going to put him on the injured reserve with designation to return or what's going to happen with that. I would suspect that's what they do uh, with that MCL injury. Uh, Denzel Good is back from his back injury, so that's good. Uh, good good for him. I've been through that, Micah. That is no small feat, so yeah, good yeah. job, Denzel Good. 
Uh, Brandon Parker is still on the team. No surprise to me. Surprise to a bunch of Raider Nation. And uh, Andre Dreams, the undrafted free agent. Uh, I believe he played center for us. He can play center. He can play guard and tackle. And then David Sharp, who was our fourth-round pick, I think three years ago, then he was cut and then went to the Texans and then cut and came back to us last year. So that leaves out Justin Murray, Tyler Reamer, Denver Kirkland, and Cameron Hunt. Uh, And so, yeah. um, The thing I like about our backups is they have experience, it seems like. Yes. So, you know, while we're waiting for Incognito, which, again, was another everybody thought would get the axe. Um, uh, no, he's not going to no. the axe. We, Incognito we, we, will be a starter in week three. Right, you can book right. that. And if he's right. not, I'll do something drastic. I don't know. <laughs> eat a <laughs> eat a prairie dog or something, but no. Incognito is, will be a starter. I will yeah, I yeah, will say so that. Let's that, that was another one of those, kind of like the Hunter Renfro. People were like, I, I saw rumors of that. You know, well, Incognito might get the axe. It's like, oh, come on, stop it. Stop it. So this is where it gets interesting, though, Tyler, the defensive line, because that was where it might the, – the wide receiver position and the defensive line might be the places where it would hurt the most because we couldn't keep everybody. But um, we had some talent, man, in the, at least in the preseason. You know, we talk about it every year. We have preseason warriors, I feel like. Um, uh, and then, you know, in the regular season, they never show up. Um a couple of a couple that uh, uh, surprised me. Uh, well, kind of surprised me, but I knew we couldn't keep uh, Anthony Rush. Man, that dude, yep. that dude put together some games, and would not surprise me at all if some, you know other teams took note of that and he gets snagged. Maybe he's gotten snagged at this moment as we talk. Wouldn't surprise me, but that dude, man, that guy looked like a very promising young player, and um, sorry to see him go. One guy that. Uh, um, doesn't surprise me and a a guy that a lot of Raider Nation just really loved and I kind of was scratching my head about this was uh, Quentin Bell the converted defensive end with the super speedy but I'm like guys there's a reason this guy was taken was in the seventh round right and it but but there were there was a lot of Raider Nation early on that was just really super hot you thought it was like a second round pick or a third round pick that everybody was like oh this guy's sneaky good and I just was like, guys, yeah, he's athletic and he's fast. Right. But he hasn't been playing defensive end. That's, he's been playing for like school. a year. Yeah, this isn't college. And he came from, what was it, a D2 Prairie View, Prairie D3. View A&M. Right. So, so, I mean, but there was a lot of Raider Nation that was like, oh, this guy, oh, watch this guy. And it's just kind of, I don't know. I, whenever I see that small school, late, late round like that, and he hasn't been playing the position. Yeah, you know, it's not like, oh my gosh, you know, this guy's been racking up 14 sacks the last two, three seasons, even in D3, which I know it's D3, but he's putting up production. It's like, right. you know, he's just, you know, he's got his, the physical traits are there. That was it. And, and like, that's all we were projecting on with, with Quinn Bell. So, yep. not surprised. And I bet he that. ends up on the practice squad. That would be right. my guess. Yep, uh, Justin Ellis is going to IR, which will end his season. Uh, so we've got Cleland Farrell, Jonathan Hankins, uh, Josh Morrow, Arden Key, PJ Hall. That's a surprise keep. Just kidding. And <laughs> people already wanting to give up on Hall as our second round pick. 
Uh, Corey Legit, who we signed as a free agent, excited to see him in action. He was a force to be reckoned with in San Diego. The question is, can he get back to that? Um, Maurice Hurst looked great in the preseason. Yes. Benson Mayowa is back with us. And then you've got Max Crosby. So, like you said, uh, Anthony Rush is out. Ethan Westbrooks is out. That one kind of surprised me because I thought e- Westbrooks may crack the the line, yeah. the rotation. Uh, Gabe Wright is out. Alex Barrett and Eddie Vander does, who could never stay healthy. You know, Justin Ellis is starting to head that way. I yeah, he is. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if they reach like an injury settlement with him. Yeah, and then yeah. he can go play elsewhere. Which you know, could could they do that now? Could they reach a settlement, release um, him, and then pick up one of these? You know, say if we can get like Westbrook back on the line, maybe. I, yeah, I think so. It said that he was placed him. on injured reserve, likely ending his career with the Raiders. So. Okay. Okay. So that would be interesting to see if if I doubt Rush. I would I would be ecstatic if Rush wasn't picked up and Oakland could pop him back on the practice squad. Yeah. And then maybe or just even, even on point, the roster. Right. If at some point they could promote him to the fifty three man, and then all of a sudden we've got uh, we've got an animal rotation up front. I, yes. I am I am Jack. Now the defensive ends. Yes, I, I think it's better than last year. That's still going to need to come around a little bit. Yep. But uh, PJ Hall was another one of those. People were just like, yeah, probably not going to make the team. And it was, guys, we drafted him last year. Second in round. the second round. Right. It's yeah. not like he hasn't seen a game yet or any. I mean, I mean, the games he's been in, man, I've, I've been fairly impressed with what he's been yeah. doing yeah. Uh, as a rookie. So, Short, <laughs> stocky guy, pushes the middle. It's right. Great. So I don't, I don't, I didn't get that. Linebackers. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say linebackers is, is interesting to me because you've got four. You got Whitehead, Perfect, Nick Morrow, and Markel Lee. Yes. We cut Brandon Marshall, Jason Cabinda, Tavon Coney, my boy, the Storm and Mormon, James Cowser. <laughs> we might see him again. Oh, uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. me. He'd probably be on the practice squad. Koa Farmer and Bryce Allen, Bryson Allen Williams, who I think played like in one game with us. So uh, not surprised about that one. Kind of surprised about Marshall. I thought he would play. I thought he would be there. Apparently, yeah. health-wise, wasn't quite up to snuff. So right, right. I would be looking for the Raiders in these cuts. There, there may be some uh, linebackers who come available via trade or via I wouldn't something I, yeah i wouldn't I, be surprised to see him add another linebacker i think you're gonna see nicholas morrow get a lot more playing time this year which i'm excited about because he's a he's a speedy linebacker that we've needed for a long time there were people howling at the moon man this might have been the position that i saw the most grief over um another player uh tevin coney uh he was out of was that notre dame yes sir uh, everybody man was just undrafted rookie People loved this guy, and I did not understand it because he was slow. He reminded me of a slower Markel Lee, and I I like Markel Lee, but Markel Lee cannot cover. Markel Lee, I believe, is a fair animal in the run-stop game, but Oakland is Oakland needs linebackers that can cover tight ends, that can cover the middle of the field, and Markel Lee you know, can get out to the flat to cover those out routes. 
And I, as much as I love Markel Lee in the run game, he just cannot do that. Yeah. And Tevin Coney cannot do that either. Nope. And I did not understand it. People were high on this guy. People were like, oh, this is one of these undrafted rookies. I'll bet he makes the makes the roster. And I'm just like, I don't – I just – I watched his film, and I'm like, I just don't see it. He reminds no. me of a slow Markel Lee. Pretty solid in the run game, but I didn't see anything that was like, whoa, how did this guy get undrafted? And then maybe the biggest one, Jason Kabinda. A lot of people were high on him as well, but kind of the same thing. Just he, he was fair, not very good in coverage. Um, got fairly burned. athletic, but it always right. seemed to miss the tackle. That right. that was kind of my uh, my assessment last year. I was looking back through some plays and things, but even in the preseason, like over, like he diagnoses the play well, but he right. overruns it, and when he gets there. He, he just doesn't wrap up very well. I did see right. that he was like the 24th ranked linebacker out of 122 on PFF last year, which really yeah. surprised me. I did, yeah. I did not know that he would rank out that high. But, Interesting. Um, you know. Might I, be a guy I wouldn't be surprised we go back and pick up. Yeah. You know, could be a pickup or could be a practice squad. I think I've said that about every. Buddy yeah, that we've yeah. cut though. So I think Kabinda definitely could be a practice squad player, you know, ready to rock and roll. But I mean, Whitehead, Perfect, and Morrow, you know, that rotation with the uh, Lee coming in on rundowns. Um, I'm not sad about that. Not sad not about sad, that but I'm. It's a little thin. It's a little no, thin absolutely. for me. Absolutely. You know, now we've got to. You know, reports coming out that you know Raiders are interested in Alonzo from Miami, but I heard that the, the I think the Saints had strong interest in him. I think I woke up this morning and he saw that. is now a Saint. Oh, is he now a Saint? He okay, is a so saint. there you go. Yep. So so that's out. You know, that's out the window. Um, and I just really quickly, you touched on it early, Brandon Marshall. Yeah, that is a little surprise to me, but you know, recovering from that injury, if he's not able to get around. I mean, that's not going to be good. We we got to have guys. Linebackers got to be flying around. And uh, uh, if Brandon Marshall's still not back to 100%, then it makes sense that he's not there. I thought the veteran presence, kind of like perfect, would be the reason Oakland would keep him. But you know, I'm, I'm I, like I said, I'll say it before, I'll say it again. I'm pretty excited about Morrow, man. I think he's heading into his third season now. Yep, third um, season. And I'm excited to see. He's him very athletic. I think he can cover. That's yes. the thing is, as a linebacker, you have to be able to cover now. That's just that's the way it is. And then I am running out of time. But defensive backs in Garyon Conley, Daryl Worley, Trayvon Mullen, Keyshawn Nixon, the undrafted Woo-hoo! corner. Not mad that. about that. Great. No, sir. He did very well in that Packers game. Um, and then he didn't, they didn't even have him travel to the last game, which kind of assured that he was going to make the team. Isaiah Johnson, who may end up on IR this season, which I hope he doesn't, uh, because he could use the practice, our big athletic fourth round corner. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner is in Jonathan Abram. No surprises in Carl Joseph. Not to me. Was not a surprise to me that he's in. Uh, Curtis Riley made the squad. Eric Harris, and this one surprised me. This was probably the biggest surprise to me out of anybody was Dallin Levitt, uh, the the safety from Utah State University. Uh, Shout out to Mr. Birch. And uh, so, yeah, that was was the one that kind of surprised me. Being out didn't surprise me at all. Nick Nelson. He looked yep. like he, he just oh. looked like slow 
Like I don't know what happened because we had high hopes for Nick Nelson I did. last year. I did. Well, both of us. Uh, but that just – boy, that just bombed. And you just – you don't know what happens in the process or what happens in a player's mind or, you know, what – oh, we saw a little glimpse of that with uh, Darren Waller. You know, you back in the day, he just – you know, he just mentally wasn't in it anymore. You know, right. He just, and so you wonder maybe if something like that happens or if he just, just straight up got, you know, out – athleticized if that's could be (laughs) could be but yeah so for now levitt is there uh nevin lawson begins the season on a four-game suspension i kind of didn't think he would stick around and but he is still on the uh on the roster as well Sorry about that, Raider Nation. I had a mic issue, but we're back now. Moving on to special teams, Tyler. Uh, is anybody unhappy that we got rid of our punter uh, from last year? I don't think so. He's probably unhappy. You know, I have to say, I was the, going back to the Boise State game, we had our guy, he had a punt for nine yards, and it really reminded me of Townsend. I thought, am I watching <laughs> a Raider game here? Um, but nay, Wrong colors, was, but yeah. same net average. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, dang, you know, for that kind of money, or, you know, I could I could punt nine yards. I'm pretty sure I could headbutt a ball nine yards. Um, yeah. But uh, anyhow, so that I think is in favor. I'm super jacked about that. Also happy we did not bring, and there has not been any kind of idea to bring Marquette King back. It's another one of these off-season gravy trains that people have been pushing on all of us, and I'm tired of it. Uh, And I know we mentioned it in a a previous podcast. I won't get too much into it, but glad that's not happening. And and Gruden and Mayock have a little more uh, sense than that, in my opinion, because I think that's silly and ridiculous. But that's just my opinion. Um, so anyway, Townsend out for uh, what's his name? Oh, Cole. Cole. AJ Cole. AJ Cole. Undrafted free agent. One Who, of the four on the roster right now. Yes. Who's and and I've got to say I'm liking what I'm seeing. Uh, especially since for the, about the past two decades, Oakland's been enjoying the punting game. Uh, yep. So we may as well shore that up. Hopefully not use it as much this year, but it is there if we need it. Big part of special teams. Who else? And how happy how happy are we that the Minnesota Vikings cut ties with Daniel Carlson after like three games or two games last year? Oh my word! And then he signs on with the Raiders. Yes, comes in has the highest field goal percentage of any player to ever kick for the Oakland Raiders. Granted, it wasn't a full season, right. but it still qualifies. So technically, in the record books, atop that above Seabass is Daniel Carlson, wow. whose brother kicks for, Cle- uh, not Clemson, Auburn. I think oh. I think that's where Carlson went, was Auburn as well. I was watching the Auburn-Oregon game Good on game. Uh, game. Saturday night. Yeah, and I see this kid, Carlson, kicking. Same body type, same skinny frame. <laughs> and I was like, that's got to be his brother. So long story short, it is his brother, but... Nice. Happy for Carlson that he resurrected his career. We've been 
kind of known for that in the past as the Raiders organization, the reviving people's careers. But he's been a breath of fresh air. Last year, we went through like Tavecchio. We went through uh, Matt. I, 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 I'm faltering on names. I apologize. Um, but anyway, yeah, we had several. Matt McCrane. That oh, was the right. that was the other wow. one, and uh, I I can't I think it was just Tavecchio, McCrane, and and Carlson. We right. had three kickers last year, so anyway, nice to have that short up as well. And then at uh, for for the long snapper, we've got Trent Sieg, a undrafted rookie last year out of Colorado State University. Nice. And so he replaces Andrew DePaula, who was signed last year by the Raiders and then injured his knee. If you remember that, I think it was like the first game of yeah. the year, injured his knee, went on IR, and now. Um, Back in black, we have, maybe. Yep. Now we have got Trent Sieg that took his spot. Yeah. So, yeah, special teams looks good. I'm, I'm excited for special teams it seems to be like you said a strong point for the last 16 17 years and so we've got (laughs) that all shored up we've gone from Shane Leckler to Marquette King to Johnny Townsend for a season and now we're on to AJ Cole so let's keep that locked down yeah things are looking pretty good and I am excited I like Daniel Carlson um the dude's got a leg and I tell you there are a lot of people that were Pretty upset when we let Tavecchio go. I remember that. A lot of Raider Nation was kind of scratching their heads, but I haven't heard a peep out of the kicking game since then, which just shows you that's why we're all fans and we're fickle, man. Because uh, because Un- one minute we're we're complaining that why in the world is Keelan Doss gone, and the next minute you know it's like oh wow, you know this Hunter Renfro guy is actually pretty good. And so I've got a yeah. feeling by about week seven, week eight. Uh, Doss might be a distant memory, and people will be all aboard the Hunter Renfro train. And if not, I'll eat crow on this podcast. But uh, somebody had mentioned that on Doss. They said if it weren't for Hard Knocks, there would not be near as much buzz around Doss. And I thought that I think that's a good point because I think he was a star on Hard Knocks. Um, But other than that, like I said, it wasn't. You you thought we let Julio Jones walk out of the building? uh, Yeah, it seemed to be that. that intense of a reaction, right. didn't it? Right, and I, if there was any player that we let go, um, you know, people were like, oh, shoot, we let go of, you know, Brandon Marshall. Oh, shoot, you know, whoever else. But Doss was the one everybody was just, you thought that we went from, you know, a playoff contender to now a basement team because we let Doss go. So right. I, I don't get it. Um, but like I said, maybe, maybe I think the Patriots signed him, if I'm not mistaken, or they, they uh, the Jaguars, oh, the, the Jaguars. Jaguars picked so, him up. You know, yeah. if, if he goes and he'll over- have, he had an opportunity to come back to the Raiders, but right. he, you know, I don't, I think he knew it, it could have been a few things. It could have been a reaction of I'm angry at the Raiders. Why did they let me go? Right. It could have also been a reaction of. You know, I I couldn't crack that starting lineup. Right. I'm gonna go to Jacksonville where they have like two decent wide receivers. Exactly. Uh, and maybe I'll get on their practice squad, and in a few weeks I'll be collecting a big boy paycheck. Right. So it it, it could have been a couple a, a a few different reasons of why he uh, decided ah, I'm gonna go to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So you know, good for him. And and I hope he does. You know, I wish him nothing but the best because Absolutely. that's, 
He, he gave us his best. It just, when you're trying to crack a wide receiver lineup of A.B. and Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro, who they're very high on, uh, J.J. Nelson and Grant and... Is that it? Five of them? Yeah. Oh, and Dwayne Harris. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Harris. Harris. Rotation. But, yeah, that's a tough lineup to crack. And right. it, it's not, you know, I don't think that's a knock against him. I think it's just that, you know, Gruden saw what he liked out of Nelson as a speedster. He must have seen something out of Grant. I mean, Grant did have that, I, I guess, what do you call that? It was a screen, I guess. Right, right. Uh, for the touchdown. And well, how then, long has Grant uh, been in the in the league? You know, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's five. A, yeah, so five, he's a, six years. He's a seasoned vet, so you know he's going to bring a little more to the table. Obviously, you know, and we don't know what it, you know. From all accounts, Gruden's scheme is fairly difficult to pick up. So you know, that's also something that maybe you don't see. You know, Grant and Nelson are able to, being the veterans, are able to pick he's up. He's 28 Gruden's. years old, so okay. my guess is he's probably been in the league five or six years. Right. So. So he's there, you know, if they're able to pick up the scheme a little quicker, you know, they're able to pick up the playbook. And Doss is still, you know, he's still coming along. Um, I'm sure Oakland would have loved to put him on the practice squad to hopefully, you know, either later in the season if they needed him or next year be able to bump him up. Um, so you know, you don't see those things though as a Raider fan. You don't, you know, we don't hear about those things typically. So you know, those could have been factors too. And like you said, I think that's a big factor. I think he's looking at Jacksonville, going, "I've got a better chance of getting in this rotation, even if it's maybe ten or twelve snaps a game, uh, of being able to get get uh, get my feet out on the field." Whereas Oakland, you know, by all accounts, you know, a run heavy team, team that loves to pound the ball, and then like you said, the rece- the receivers that we have now, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. So. Like you said, wish him all the best, though. Good luck. But I don't think we let Julio Jones walk out of the building. Um, so this is breaking news as of right now. This this podcast is like four days long. And so... Uh, <laughs> technical difficulties. Technical difficulties and just time, man. Yes. Uh, Nate Peterman just got sent to injured reserve two minutes ago. Wow. So Nate Peterman is now... On injured reserve, meaning we have Mike Glennon and Deshaun Kaiser. And uh, one spot open on the roster, which I assume goes back to, uh, what's his name? His last name is Morrow. No, it's the Josh, Josh Morrow, Morrow, the the defensive end that we released yesterday to be able to sign Kaiser. I would assume that the roster spot uh, taken by... Kaiser will go back right. to Josh Morrow, now, the defensive end. Let's segue into that because everybody has been flipping their lid and absolutely losing their mind over the fact that we have four quarterbacks. Now, obviously, this is this is the part I don't like about it, and this is, again, why we're fans and why we're students of the game, and this is why we're not calling plays, and this is why we're all armchair quarterbacks and GMs because everybody's just absolutely going bananas that Oakland has four quarterbacks. It's it, Week one isn't even here yet, people. Do you, uh, now, if if we roll in to Denver, or I should say Denver rolls into Oakland, and we have four quarterbacks standing on the sideline, okay, I, I can start scratching my head at that point. But there are so many transitions and transactions that are going to be taking place over the next two, three, four, five days that, like, uh, really, just calm down a second. I mean, I, I, I couldn't, I, and this was just on Facebook. I can't imagine what Twitter was like. But people were just absolutely, Raider Nation was losing their mind over the fact that we had four quarterbacks. And it was like, guys, do you not trust? 
Like, it just, uh, to me, it shows a super, like, and I get it, maybe, you know, the last two decades haven't been kind to Raider Nation, but, you know, if we trust Gruden and you say that, hey, you know, we you love Mayock, you love Gruden, like, give the guys a minute to process these transactions, and, and they've got a plan. I don't see Mayock sitting there going, oh, you know what, four quarterbacks on the roster, that's a good idea. Let's bring in another guy and let's keep four roster positions for four quarterbacks. That's great. I heard on um, a big uh, talk, uh, actually the DA show this morning, I believe it was DA, trashing um, the fact that the Raiders had four quarterbacks and he was going, yeah, that shows that Gruden and Mayock don't have a lot of... um, uh, they don't have a lot of faith in Carr, so they're picking up all these uh, these uh, half-empty quarterbacks. And I was like, "This is such a terrible take, such an absolute." I don't understand take. what I don't understand what Mayock and Gruden have to say. Right? To, like, do they have to publicly come out and like kiss Derek Carr or something? Like, I I don't understand. Clean his feet. You know, yeah, like oil why, and water and wine and, and like... Yeah, I, I don't understand it. How more blatantly obvious can you say, Derek Carr is our guy? Right, right. H- I, how blatantly obvious is that? I it, mean, that's, you can't spin that any other way unless you're some national media member who has no clue what's going on in Oakland. Right. And I think that's the problem. Right. Half of them don't have a clue. Well, They're they, just big-time talkers who get paid to shoot from the hip. And, and they, that's what they do, and they yep. suck at it. Yep, and and they all you if you read a headline and that's it, which is what a lot of these guys do. Oakland brings in their fourth quarterback, then they just run from it. There, they don't understand right. any of the history. They don't understand what's going on within the organization. They haven't followed it during the off season. They don't see any of that. They read a headline, and then, like you said, they shoot from the hip. And I couldn't believe it when I was hearing it this morning. I was like, I cannot believe this guy is talking about that Mayock and Gruden don't have faith in Carr. I was like, you said, what more do you want? Do you want Carr to go out there one versus eleven with maybe a center to snap it to him? To, you know, for a whole series, just to show that Mayock and Gruden are like, look, this is our guy. We're going to put Playing him out. Playing Mississippi three. Right. Well, he's going to go out against the entire defense. And if this doesn't show you that Carr is our guy, then I don't know what does. But it just, it, it boggles the mind. And getting back to four quarterbacks. All right, here we go. Peterman on injured reserve. In fact, actually, I wasn't aware that he was injured. I don't know. Allegedly, what... he had an elbow injury. Okay. How true that is, I don't know, because I don't think that Chris Warren III really had a meniscal injury last year either. So okay. you can stash people on IR and say whatever the heck you want. Right. His, his elbow hurts. Okay, right. well, you know, good. I don't think he took any hits or anything, but right. allegedly it's an elbow injury. He's on IR. That opens up a roster spot. Uh, my guess, Micah, this is just a guess. I'm shooting from the hip, but with a little bit of actually background knowledge, my guess is that Gruden brings in Kaiser, says, all right, here's some basic plays. I'm going to give you a week. Practice with us. Yep. If by the end of the week he doesn't pick it up and he's like, nope, I'm rolling with Glennon, my guess is we'll see two quarterbacks the rest of the year. Yep. That's just a guess. I'd put, I'd put 100 bucks on it. I'd bet a hundred bucks on it. That 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 is exactly what happens. Good. To, see, that's a good take because, like I said, you know, week one, week two, we have four quarterbacks standing on the sideline. Okay, we can start hitting the panic button and going, "What in the world is going on here?" But like I said, just like we got to trust the process at some point as fans and as as people who just enjoy the game. You gotta you gotta sit back and go, "Okay, you know, we we've touted the the Mayock as an as a fantastic signing." 
Raider Nation loves Gruden for the most part. Um, uh, so, but then you can't turn around and all of a sudden start to trash them for a move like this when we haven't even played a game yet in the regular right. season. Well, so, we haven't even practiced for the regular season yet. Right. I mean, we just barely cut down to 53 players. So, so we barely know what the roster looks like. There will continue to be changes. Like we saw last year. Like the we saw last season. Like we saw in two days. Since Sunday, or since Saturday, we've put Peterman on IR. We've cut Rush. We've cut Doss. We've cut a bunch of other guys. Uh, and, and we've got our practice squad fairly put together i think i don't think there's 10 people i haven't seen a list yet but i know rush is on the practice squad i know we signed a running back with the last name of crockett or yeah his last name is crockett he played at missouri and then uh there's a there's a few other guys oh rico gafford i think signed to the practice squad speedy Um, young guy yeah i wouldn't mind seeing him at some point this season i really wouldn't and uh, so, I mean, it, it's it's just changing, uh, and people make a mountain out of a molehill. It really isn't even a molehill. It may even be an anthill. Like, it's just, it's it's nothing right now. It's the, such the, a non The roster, yeah, we're looking, and, and people make it look like we're still looking for starters. Like, maybe at linebacker, you're still looking at some... Maybe a potential starter because we've only got four. But right. I mean, we're talking about the, the the bottom, like the dregs of of a fifty three man roster. You know, right. everybody's important, but we're not talking about we're looking for a starting quarterback. Uh-huh. We're not talking about looking for start. Well, maybe we are looking for starting offensive linemen because <laughs> it, it has been trashed a little bit. Um, with with Gabe going down, incognito suspended a couple games, but I think they've got that all shored up. You know, it's it's little things. It's maybe special teamers that we're looking for. And right. so to me, it's like, so what if you have four quarterbacks right now? We already seen have seen one of them be put on IR. We're good. That spot goes back to a defensive end that we need for depth. Congratulations. Like, it's right. nothing to get all excited about. And now, now you've got to feel silly if you were getting all excited about it. Kind of like... Yeah, Anthony Rush getting let go. I was bummed about that. But now look at He's back on the practice squad. You know, he's ready to move up if they need him, if somebody goes down. And now look at that. We didn't have to spend a roster spot on him. He's on the pet practice squad. I mean, they did. sure, they took a gamble. I'm actually, frankly, quite surprised nobody picked him up. Uh, but the Raiders got him on a deal. And now that we've got Rush back, who I am super jacked to have back, because that's another guy, quite frankly, if he had to move up and, and start playing, um, would not surprise me at all if he picked it up and he filled in, you know, filled in for a PJ Hall um, or a Hurst for two or three weeks and did just fine. Uh, now again, all we have is preseason film, but uh, the dude was balling out in preseason. I mean, more than balling out, he was dominating in the preseason. So, um, yeah. So, so for those of us who were excited and 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 um, upset for guys like Rush that got let, you know, let go, uh, or cut. And then, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, two days later, he's back on the team. It's kind of, you know, it's just right. like, relax, you know, now take let's, a deep breath. Yes. Yes. Take a deep breath. Raider nation. Learn from this. Richie incognito count to 10, right? From hard knocks <laughs> count to 10 and take a deep breath and just relax, man. Yeah. It's not worth it. He yeah. knows it. He told us. He told Raider Nation how to calm down. And we just need to take Mr. Incognito's advice, I think, at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Tyler, man, you got anything else for Raider Nation, or are we going to wrap this up, put a bow on this podcast? I think after four or five days, I think I'm ready to put a bow on it. (laughs) Well, Raider Nation, we appreciate you hanging out. Thanks for sticking with us through my move, the baby added to the family, and then technical difficulties. I'm trying to get that squared away this week. Tyler, it's game week, man. One week from now, the black flag will be flying above my house, and uh, we'll be ready to take on the Denver Broncos we will talk about that this week, Raider Nation. Look yes, for exciting. That I'm excited to have a, a, a returning guest. Yes. So yes. that will be a surprise that will happen tomorrow. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. So, And if you guys want to talk about week one, Raiders, Denver, give us your take, your thoughts on the game. Give us a call, 208-557-9771. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it right back on the podcast. Discuss, discuss it, dissect it, all the good stuff. Thank you so much, Raider Nation, for hanging out with us. We will see you in the next pod. Just win, baby.